Bulldog and Friends is proud to be partnered with and bring awareness to the program Saving Innocence. Saving Innocence is a 10-year-old nonprofit agency based in Los Angeles that specializes in the recovery and the restoration of child victims of sex trafficking. A little bit of information. The average age of entry is just 12 years old as they begin their journey into exploitation and the most horrific form of child abuse bought and sold like somebody's property, and it's happening right here in our own backyard to our own American-born children. To learn more about how you can help, follow them on social media at Saving Innocence and visit their website to make a donation. Now we're proud to bring you Bulldog and Friends. Hi, my name is Todd Buller, and I've lived a blessed life. And I'm so excited to share my friends with you and that's why we created bulldog and friends it's thursday you know what that means it's some bath time bulldog and friends today with the hall of famer eddie buller i've known eddie for 57 years because i've known him my whole stinking life he is the oldest of the Buller Ones. Great football coach. He was a great football player. My brother, Eddie B. What's up, Eddie? Eddie B, thanks for having me on. I always enjoy Thursdays. It's my new favorite part of the day. To, after golf, I come home and sit there and watch and listen to all the guys that you've had on. It's just, just been fantastic. You're doing a great job with this, and you're doing it for a good cause. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Everybody, I, from after, I don't know, four or five I did, they said, when's Eddie B going to be on? we got to get Eddie B on. I said, I know, he'll be a great one. So we're here, we're at that day. The Bath Universe can wait lo no longer. Eddie B is on. All right, so we're going to start with some questions. Ed Eddie was funny. We talked before this, and he said, I don't got no favorite this. I got no favorite that. So we'll get we'll get his we'll get whatever he's got again. And we may end up just talking football or something like that, or talking about his golf game. He's a really good golfer. So here we go. Favorite actor or actress? Well, unlike you and our brother Mark, I might and our, our dad. I don't go to the movies. I haven't been to a movie theater in I don't know how long. Maybe Netflix here and there. I go now with my grandson. Star Wars, we watch all those new Star Wars at Christmas. Unfortunately, this year we couldn't do that. So uh, favorite actor, actor, I don't, I mean, I, I, really, I really like Denzel Washington. I like Harrison Ford because he's in the Star Wars movies. But yeah, I, I haven't seen a lot of movies. So I watch ESPN and those type of things. Those are my movies. Okay, so so one of the anchors of ESPN could be your favorite guy. Who knows on that one? Okay, but again, Star Wars movies, those are good. You're, something you can do with your grandson. Yeah. We'll talk a little about Coltrane at, as we get going, but all right, here we go. Now, favorite team that you played on? So you played on a lot of teams. I was a little crap. I, I didn't see a lot. I saw them, but I didn't know. So tell me a little bit about some of the favorite teams or a favorite team you played on. Yeah, I, I ended up. Played on a lot of teams. I played uh, football, basketball, baseball from youth all the way through. So there's a lot of teams in there. Favorite teams. I mean, I really enjoyed them all. I was, I was fortunate to have some great teammates, some fantastic coaches along the way, and just, just had, a, had a blast with them. I started off in youth sports. I played on a, a youth football team that we didn't lose a game for, for two years. Yeah, yeah. And then when, in high school and youth sport, I played with some great guys. Like I said, high school, our senior year, our, our, our football team went undefeated to the last game. We weren't supposed to do anything. We're like picked the middle of the pack and and uh, ran the table to the CCS five. Had some great wins along the way. We beat a number one Branham team. 
day before Thanksgiving. Then we play an undefeated MIDI team had kind of walked through the West Catholic League and played them at Spartan Stadium in front of like there was 12,000 people there. And, and we ended up beating them 26 to 19 or something like that. And so that was that was a good team to play on. You play some fun teams in college. When I was playing football in college. So it was just a great experience. Like I tell kids, join a team, you're going to pick up 50 friends immediately. So it was just a great teammates some great coaches along the way. And so to pick a favorite one is it, really hard to do, but had a great experience playing youth, high school, and college sports. Yeah, what's funny is I, I obviously I remember because I was at those games, you know, screwing around, probably not paying enough attention to what my brothers were doing. But they, w- what was great about those teams, especially those Leland teams, is that it wasn't just one guy. I mean, Eddie was very good, all CCS football player. Keith Brown was a great player, but they just had a lot of guys. And one of the guys a couple pods ago, Tony Lamina said, you knew who those guys were. Even if I didn't have a brother who was on the team, you would talk about those Leland teams in the middle 70s because they were so good. Unfortunately, the teams I played on were not as good, but but they were, and they special things. Uh, a couple things, if you wouldn't know about Eddie Buller as a football player, I mean, he was a receiver, great receiver, all those things. Eddie Buller could put a licking on people too. Uh, that's what somebody told me one time. They said he played defensive. I don't know if he played defensive back the whole year, but when the playoffs started, he played defensive back. And, and Eddie Buller could put a whooping on you. And last thing about Eddie Buller's athletics is that he was a way stronger than he looked in the weight room. Eddie Buller could put some weight up, baby. So that was good. I know that was a big part of, you know, you becoming a better athlete was the weight training. So for people out there, youngsters, even though most of the people listening to this are old and can't lift weights anymore, but that lifting weights is a big part of it too. What, what about that, Eddie? Because that was something that wasn't done a ton. And I know that you were, that you lifted and did a lot of that stuff. Yeah, you know, I kind of got into it. One of the coaches uh, said, hey, we need to work out together. And so I got into that. I remember when I was coaching there at Leland, me and uh, Coach Cameron yeah. would, uh, after, after a baseball, we'd go in and hit the weight room together and, and, and to have, have a good time in there. So I was always, always trying to get you see, like we tell our players, like you do, the, you do the same thing with your players. You're always trying to get better, trying to make your teammates better, and in, in turn, it's going to make your team better. So part of that was going up. You got you to get, uh, I wasn't the biggest guy, but try to get a little stronger and make myself a little better for, for the game. Eddie Buller put a whooping on you. Okay, you t- coached so many teams. So as many teams as you played on, you coach more teams. So I put a team, best team you coach, but just talk about a couple teams that you coach. Maybe some teams you coach that we wouldn't think, maybe some at, at Oak Grove. A bunch of my friends, your first team you ever coached at Leland. They talk about that team all the time. Just talk about a couple, maybe a couple of your teams that you coached. Yeah, it's it going, you go back to the first time the Leland guys it was good, great for guys. You and Ronnie and those guys were, I think we threw the ball more than any Frostoff team did around then. And then the next year, I remember we had a, we had a, we went undefeated, I think, and lost one the following year, won a couple of championships. I remember a lot of kids weren't coming out. So we'd have our, we'd have, we'd do summer workouts. I don't know how many JV teams were doing summer workouts. And I just tell the guys, hey, bring a friend. Let's, we need we need to be bodies out here. You know, I know the first team, the second team I coached, I asked the guys one day after practice, have any of you guys played on a, a team that won a championship in any of your youth sports? And no hands went up. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, we're gonna, we, 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 we could start here. And then we ended up winning the championship. That was a good team. And then I went to Oak Grove and, and uh, to, to pick one of those teams, the, the favorite is, is hard. We, from 96 to 2007, we were in nine of the 12 CCS finals which was a great little run there we had. And we had, only, we had an undefeated team in, in 97, uh, went 13-0. We beat the powerhouse St. Francis twice that year in the opening game and 21-0 in the finals. So they were just some tremendous guys. And we had, uh, our, our running backs were two D1 guys, a, 
a Jamar Julian, a Deshaun Crockett that were just played at one played at San Jose State, one played at Utah. Fantastic. It was a great, great group of guys. We were really good on defense. I think our defensive guys had six or seven guys that got D1 scholarships off there. Just was fortunate to coach some good kids, coach with some great guys on our staff, and it was a lot of fun. So to pick a favorite team of all, of all those Oak Grove teams and the Leland teams, and then I, then I coached at San Jose State for uh, three years there, coached a team we went 9-2-1, and one, and Ronnie Mason's fired up about that. That team, you know, we lost two games, and we lost the University of Washington by three in Seattle, and we lost to Cal at Cal by one. And our tie was against Louisville, who beat Alabama that year in the, in the Fiesta Bowl. We tied them and missed two short field goals at the end of the game. So we, we were – back then in the 90s, there wasn't no BCS or that. We would have probably been one of those BCS busters. So we – that was a fun team to coach. We coached some great guys there, some great coaches that I learned a lot from. You know, I think six of the guys on the, on the 11-man staff ended up going to the NFL and coaching, a couple in the Super Bowl. So that, that was a lot, of, a lot of fun, those teams. So all my – and the guy, to pick a favorite one, I enjoyed – the hell out of the 38 years or whatever I did football. And even the teams that didn't, didn't win all the championships, but they were good. And the kids came out every day and worked hard. Coaches had them prepared. And uh, so it was, it was a good experience. I, I was on another pod there. Somebody asked me about Eddie B. And I said, you know, Eddie B. was obviously knew a ton about football, coached a ton of football, knew a ton about football. But what Eddie B. was, was the master relationship builder. He could get kids to pull together, do the things they needed to do. And then he'd put him in the right spot football-wise. And again, if you've coached for a little while, that's, that's not the hardest part of it. I mean, you, you learn that stuff. You, you go and you, you get good people. And then the other thing Eddie B. did was he had a great staff. That's one thing that I took from, from uh, you coaches, that I, I, I tried to find the best people I could to get around me because that's going to just make everything better and, and make it more cohesive. And kids want to be a part of that whole thing. So I thought you had a great – you had – and how many years did you have the same guys coaching together in football? It was that whole run. Yeah, well, most of it, yeah, the majority of work, we lost a few guys along the way, but yeah, we had a great staff. Lee Evans, Herb Lee, Corky Black, Rick Huck, Randy Zimmer, his son Tony, I'll probably leave some guys, Paul Kick. I had a great mentor in Phil Stearns. Besides, like I said, I, a lot of the coaches I worked with were, besides our, our parents, were our, our role models, right? And so th that was great, yeah. And, and I think that was really important to have those guys in there. I was lucky at Oak Grove where all of our teach all of our coaches also taught on campus which yeah. was huge i mean our jv our jv team guys coached on, on campus jeff gingrich and, and and those guys were all on staff and then we had all our varsity coaches there was all six seven of us all all taught which was huge so we have more eyes on the kids and and more more guys there to help them yeah and that was a great that was a great staff and 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 great teams got i remember going to all those games and to the, I was coaching basketball in San Jose, and then even when I moved to Pacific Grove, it was like a it was like a ritual to go to the championship game every year that they were playing, and so it was really fun. All right, I got a, a non sports question for you. You're gonna love this, but I think you watch some television. Television shows that you watch now that you probably would not have watched in 1975. Well, I didn't watch a lot of TV growing up. We only had one TV, and then we got two, and uh, <laughs> we get a lot of channels. The only thing we watched was uh, Dad and Mark and I would watch, and you probably run around in your diaper somewhere with the giant Dodger games. So I don't do a lot of shows. I, like I said, I don't watch a lot of – during the pandemic, yeah, I watch more TV now than than I, I, I normally do. What's something you watch? Do you watch – I got, like I watch Siri, like a Shameless. I watch Shameless. There you, know? you go. Well, there's one. You wouldn't watch in your high school. I heard my boy Cameron was, was watching uh, Down Abbey. Me and David <laughs> love down abbey i was all into down abbey yeah so there you go all those things but yeah probably i wouldn't watch any when i was a kid i probably wouldn't watch any of those those shows then 
Eddie was outdoor dude. He was outside. Yeah, we, we did. We were outside playing football, basketball, baseball. We never, we weren't inside. Yeah. And this is, I don't know if there's a story that I don't know, but I, I'm hoping that you came up with a funny story growing up. Something funny. There's a ton of funny stories. I mean, I could rattle off ones that I've heard about Eddie Buller, but yeah, probably, uh, give me a probably, funny story. You probably know him better than I do. I mean, we're talking, you know, 48 years ago when I was 16 years old. I funny story. We had a lot of, we had a, growing up in Almaden, like you're, you're, like all the guys said before, it was, it was a great place to live. I was there in the 60s and the 70s, and we were kind of like our own little community out there. So you really couldn't get in a lot of trouble. Yeah. I know we, tried it, we did some crazy things and probably can't share it right now. I don't know if the, <laughs> the statute of limitations have run out on me yet. So, <laughs> All right. We, well, okay. I'm going to tell this one story. I'll elaborate with you. I'll elaborate with you. Go ahead. All right. Come on. Jump in. So they had a, this was a big thing in the 70s. I kind of caught it at the end of the 70s when I was going to school, but streaking was a big thing. So they had a rally. Where they went streaking. This is now. This is some of this is folk, folklore because I don't know. I was that's why I want to catch it from Eddie. And they went streaking in the gym. Well, if Leland in 1975 was not the most ethnically ethnically diverse place, there wasn't a lot of people of color. Let's put it that way. So they all went streaking. Eddie was part of the group, but Eddie came running through the gym, and he really was the only person of some color in there. And so everybody knew that Eddie had, had run through there. And, he was part of that group. I'm sure he didn't get in trouble, but do you remember that Eddie going streaking through the rally? Yeah. Well, what we did was we, we had a, we had a good game plan. Like every good situation, you got to have a game plan. So we met and we had a, one of the guys had a truck, and so we parked it on the side of the gym there, the one side door is going to the girls' side, right? Yeah. We pulled it up on the thing, and we put two 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 trucks, and we had mattresses in the back of the truck. <laughs> so as we ran out, we dove in the back of the truck, right, and took off. And the problem was that we had two of the guys that led the way in, and we went the night before and stole a bunch of fire extinguishers from one of the new uh, buildings being built, filled full of water. And so they came in first, and they're spraying all the guys in the stands, right? But they were then they weren't supposed to spray in front of us, and they did. A couple of guys get that wet out of way, and I remember we, then we went home and changed and came back to school like we were there the whole time. And I remember going to the coach's office, and they were just laughing their ass off. <laughs> coach Bell or Coach Miller or Coach Cox, one of them said. We haven't had that much fun at this damn school in forever. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> hope those boys don't get caught. And they're all looking at us like, yeah, we, have, we hope that doesn't happen. I don't think they could have spent just men from playing any sports or anything because we were, I think we were about done with all the teams and stuff. So, well, yeah. Yeah. You know, back, back then you didn't get in trouble. I, we, we, we ran through there one time throwing pies at people. And I, the things we used to do at those rallies, if you did those at rallies now, oh my God, they they kick you out of school. First story. Go ahead. You have one, Eddie? Go. We used, to, we used to bring eggs to the rally and sit there and try to pick off the sophomores from across yeah. the gym. We used to throw pennies. I hate to say it. There was this one group of people, the flag girls. We throw we throw things at them, like pennies and stuff. It's like, what? I, I can't even believe we did that. It was bad, bad, bad form by us. But uh, yeah, I mean, you, you nowadays, it's are the kids at our school and our rallies, they clap for everybody. It's great. Much, yeah. much better people than we were. The other story is the, 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 the old uh, army man story where you were up in the tree and you were trying to jump down. So our brother, Mark, he was going to be on with us. We're going to have Mark on another day. Eddie was up in the tree. He was going to jump down on Mark and he got his arms got caught. He still has the scar. You can see it. He's holding it up and jumping down. And Eddie gets just caught by a branch and just a big old scar. Yeah. Fif 15 stitches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I was the one in our family that used to always go to the emergency ward. I had more stitches in my face and head than anybody. But Eddie was the originator of – it was kind of like one of those Rambo movies. He came jumping out of a tree like a big spider monkey come out there and got caught. So that's a good one, too. That was one that we laugh about in our family. 
Right. And then finally, last family thing, there are Buller 1s and Buller 2s. So Buller 2s are Nicole and I. I call Nicole Nana now because she's a grandmother. But And then there are the Buller 1s, Eddie. And it was just so funny that there were, it was almost, you guys did all these vacations and all these things that the Buller 2s never got to do when we were alive. That was the thing. It wasn't like, hey, it's 1967. Well, Todd's alive and, and, and Nicole in 1967, but they are on the vacation. So Tell us a little bit about you, Eddie, you and Mark and Kim growing up, because it really was. You guys were much older than we were. Yeah, but I think you got the vacation part wrong, bro. <laughs> I mean, you, we never went to Hawaii. We never went on these cruises you guys did. I mean, like, we were gone. Well, we did go to Hawaii, me and you. Yeah. <laughs> we were, I, the only time I ever went to Hawaii is you were there. Yeah, so Mark didn't get to go. We, you went on mom and dad's time, and I went on my own dime. I got to stay oh, with them. Oh, come on. Mom took care of you. You but know that. That was a funny story. We took care. We, we took Todd, me and my buddy Tony Biondi. We rented a, our own car because we wanted to do our own thing. Because we were, I don't know, 21, 22. I don't know where we were, 24. Yeah. And so we would take Todd with us everywhere. So Todd would be in the back seat, no seatbelt. We're driving as fast as we can. Tony was crazy. Driving through these sugarcane fields, da, da, this, da, da, da. and also we come up on this, this movie set. And they were making Fantasy Island. That's right. <laughs> And Todd, you towered over Tattoo Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I kicked Tattoo's ass, yeah. But yeah, no, that was fun. That was a fun trip. We take Todd and say, Todd, you go understand with those girls and we'll come get you. Like you're lost. <laughs> That's it, man. Just throw that bait out there a little bit. That was great. That was good times. Over a waterfall to take a picture. <laughs> yeah, I, that was really fun. Okay, here's something. And and again, you you've done a lot of stuff, Ed. So I don't know. It, it, this isn't a this isn't something that you regret by any means. It's just what what would you tell your 16 year old self? If you, well, what you learned in your, you're not 58, 64 years of living. Yes. Yeah, 48 years ago, that when I was 16. Yeah. Um, I, what would I tell my six-year-old self? I, I don't know. I would, you know, I, I think I wouldn't change anything. It, it was, we had, our parents did a great job raising us and had brothers and sisters that were fun to be around. We live in a great community, great kids. What I've learned, just do what you did. Get involved with as many activities as you could. You never have enough friends. It was, it, was a, it was a good childhood. I can't complain. I can't. What do I do different? I don't know. I wouldn't do anything different because hindsight's twenty twenty. but, you know, uh, you can't live in the past, live in the future. There you go. I love it. That's a good answer. And yeah, we did. Again, our parents were great. We had a fun family. We had the Buller 1s and the Buller 2s. We were coming up later. But okay, so what's next for Eddie B? Eddie B, uh, okay, so Eddie B is a good golfer now. I remember when he first started golfing, obviously he played baseball and he was a hand-eye coordinator. He had all that stuff. But I, for Eddie B's 60th birthday, I took him and a friend out who was born, Brent Gasperson, born on the exact same day, January 4th, the exact same day. So they were both 60 years old. And I saw Eddie play, and I've seen him play a bunch of times, but his game has really gotten better. So tell us a little bit about golf and just kind of, and your, your wife is a great golfer too. So you got two in the family yeah. taking all the money from the uh, country club. Well, I tell you what, that, that was a great day. We played at Pebble beach on a chamber of commerce day. It was the only regret was that we wish we were a week later. Cause we'd have got daylight saved and we could have played 18, not in the dark, but in the light, but it was, yeah. a week, there was no wind. We were in, in, in uh, short sleeves. And yeah. I was just, it was just so much fun with the group of guys we were with and you setting that up. And it was, it was one of my greatest golfing experiences ever playing that Pebble Beach that day. We had, and then we had dinner afterwards at the tap room. Yeah. Fun. Uh, it was a great playing golf. I'm not for a 64 year old guy. I should probably be playing forward more tees. I'm a nine right now. I'm not, I play with, I play with these really, really good guys. which really helped my game. And they're like, they're younger than me. 
And but it's a lot of fun. I get I got a great group of guys. I have a, we play Thursdays, we play Saturdays, and I play Monday, Wednesday, sometimes Friday. You know, I'm getting four to five days a week out there. That's what's that's what I'm doing. I'm playing. I get in the morning. I work out. Go play golf. All right, tell us a little bit about Auntie D's game because she can smack it. I, I she's a good player. Well, we played we played in an NCJ qualifier. We played in two in the last in the month. Played month March and then. February and we won the February one of four man. So we had four, four of us on the team and, and Auntie D played really well. But then we played last Saturday in the two man. So she was my partner <laughs> and she had three natural birdies. Wow. Yeah. So she played really well. Yeah, she shot 95. So it was really well. And so we, we didn't, we didn't win it. We came in second, but we did take the top two teams to qualify. So we're, we're going to get to come down to, uh, Pebble Beach area and play uh, much yeah. golf uh, for free. That's great. Now and then uh, and last we can't we can't forget the great Soquel, your daughter, and the great Coltrane. Tell us about those guys. They're up in Montana. They live in a little town called Livingston, Montana, which is about forty-five minutes from the Gardner Gate at Yellowstone, where, where the where the Teddy Roosevelt Arch is, and it's about oh twenty minutes from Bozeman, where yeah. Montana State is, and she's there. And there she's teaching a bunch of things and she's doing, she's working about four or five different jobs. She's doing a great job. We're working for these different science organizations. She's doing a tutoring thing, all kinds of things. They're doing really well. And Coltrane's having a blast. He's back in school full-time now. We, That's he, great. He hated the online learning. And so they went back two days a week at the beginning of the year. And now they're back four days a week, which he's excited. He's excited. He's going to play little league baseball, but he didn't get to play last year. Yeah. He came from that small yeah. town where they had no youth sports. And now he's doing everything. He's playing soccer. He played flag football. He's going to play baseball. He played basketball on his, on his, on his elementary school team. He's, he's, a, he's a really, really good little skier. He skis, and he's, then he one day he'll snowboard and skateboard. So he's doing really good. In fact, he's going to be out here on uh, Saturday. So we're going awesome. to all together. And, and I got it all set up for batting cages. And I'm going to get him going on, on his uh, journey to hit that little white, white ball. Yeah, he's great. There's so Eddie sends these little videos when he goes up there. Eddie, Eddie, and uh, Dan, they go up there a bunch and, and and visit, and they even bought a house there. They bought some, so every day that's a place to stay. And these videos. So there's one video. I think it was the same day. He scoring buckets in basketball. I mean, he was no it's flag football. He was playing flag football, scoring touchdowns, and then he's playing like soccer, and he's like a hat trick. He went hat trick and scored three goals. And Ed, you can hear Eddie in the background. He scored a goal and he goes, now get ready for the hat trick. So it was great. It was a great was a video. Great, yeah, we went back, we went back there for a month. I told I told Dana, I said, well, I'm gonna go back, I'm gonna go back for the whole season. There's whole football season. So yeah. it was a month or two months. I'm we we got a place to stay. We have our own room and so it's great. And uh, so it, soccer was kind of overlapped at the time. So we Friday night football in the in the high school stadium, Saturday morning, soccer. He practically played two games that one day he scored. Two and one and three and the other, and then <laughs> off to, and I, he was out playing with his friends. Yeah, he had, he had fun. He enjoyed yeah. he's not all into how many goals he scored. He just, he just loves being out there playing. Yeah, that's a great time. Well, that is our show this week with Eddie B. Again, take a look at uh, the show notes. We'll have some stuff in there. And also Saving Innocence. Remember, again, we'd love you to give some money to Saving Innocence. Uh, and it's savinginnocence.org. Again, thanks, Eddie, for being on today. And thanks, uh, Todd. You did a great job. And, and uh, like I said before, I really enjoyed all your other guests you've had on, guys that I coached, coached and some I coached with. And uh, sorry, it's a couple of guys I had to cut now and then, but that's 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, we didn't get to that, but that's on all our shows. So real quick, before we end, there's a new question because Eddie would come up in all, almost all of them with my buddies, and that's who's mostly on the show. And, and some people, of course, love Eddie. Eddie Bull is great. But then some people would like, hey, your brother cut me. So we put a new question on. We didn't use it for Eddie, but uh, from now on, it will be on this week's show with uh, Scott Weatherwax. It's Eddie Buller for or against. Either he cut you or he loved you. So it's one of the two. So again, uh, that's bad for this week. Thanks, EB. I'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening. Please go check out Saving Innocence on their website. Follow their social media at Saving Innocence and make a donation. There's a link in the show notes. Have a great day.